Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. This is extra time. This is an FASA. This is an FAWSL fan channel. If you didn't already remember or forget, this is your Manchester United Women feature for this week. Back with us again is Mark with the Manchester United Women's Supporters Club. I got that out of my mouth correctly, Mark. <laughs> Welcome back, Mark. Hey, Keith. Thanks for having me back. How are you doing, man? Yeah, good. Good. It's been oh. weird. I've got no football this week. It's oh. I've got to work. It's, it's, oh my gosh! I know. God forbid. God no, no. We got to work and do other I don't stuff. Tell me about it. <laughs> you know, you know, when there's an international break on one side of the ledger, and then soon there'll be another one, um, yeah. and so forth. So, a few housekeeping items, y'all, before we go in there. Um, you know, big shout out to Josh. Josh, the Islington Gazette. He um, he uh, he let me know uh, yesterday. Um, Yesterday that, you know, just the work commitments and things like that, you know, he's going to have to uh, step away from his contributor role with us and so forth. And I'm going to miss him a lot. His his insight into Arsenal women and his objectivity as even as a fan and just looking at things very objectively and being a contributor from the very beginning is sure sorely going to be missed, uh, you know, and so forth. And, you know, he's involved in our our panel discussions and things like that. Uh, So I'm going to miss you, Josh. Big shout out. Thank you so much. and so forth. I did an Arsenal show. It's going to be out shortly by myself. It was sad, um, but I hope you'll get something out of it um, going forward. Uh, if you are an Arsenal women's fan and you just happen to be watching this, and I don't know if you will be or listening to this. Not sure if you will be, um, but if you are, you know, and you're just trying to catch, you know, news on all of the teams or the big teams, uh, you know, you want to come on and and you you want to talk to talk to the world out there as an Arsenal women's fan and so forth. Please let me know through Twitter. You can DM me, uh, you know, at our show uh, going forward to let me know, and and we'll see how it rolls from there. Uh, again, smash that like. Also, uh, subscribe. Also, share with your friends. <laughs> Also, let people know about the show if they're uh, if they have any particular interest in the FAWSL or in Manchester United women. Uh, period, um, because you know this thing has been growing organically. I'm not advertising out for this show; it's all word of mouth. So you know, keep this thing going. So let's jump to it, uh, Mark. Yeah, a lot has happened since the last time we spoke. Yeah, around United. Yeah, you know, in terms of the teams around United on the WSL table, um, but you know, but luckily, or maybe not so much. Let's see how you feel about this. Is that there, we got one game to talk about, yeah. and in the league, um, the other teams like Char- Arsenal and Chelsea have the FA Cup competition or Champions League, making up games and things like that. And United kind of in a boat where they're not not needing to, uh, and so forth. So, um, but. You know, going back to one week ago, or actually now eight days ago, recording this on Thursday the 24th, they had a game on Wednesday the 16th uh, with West Ham United. And that game yeah. ended up in a 1-1 draw, um, you know, at West Ham. So, and in a context of, you know, United sitting in third, you know, in that Champions League slot, you know, really, you know, with the pressure kind of being on to, to you know, really win, put up as many points as possible. Teams, uh, Manchester City surging behind them in the table, you know, Tottenham kind of ebbing and flowing. You know, your thoughts going into this game, I mean, all the games now are just vitally important. Mm-hmm. And this game ends up in a 1-1 and it seemed like a really odd game to me. But but from your perspective, what did it seem like to you in watching this this game that ended up in a draw for for United, unfortunately for them? Yeah, um, going into the game, I think we discussed it last week or maybe the week before. We said that we had some um, slippery games that we, where we could lose points and or we could take full points. And West Ham was one of those games where I think most of us were kind of concerned about. Mm-hmm. Um, so it could be one of those games at the end of the season where you look at it and go, well, that's a good point that... that in, in the context of the season, or it's a it's a two points drop. Now, on the way home last week from from Chigwell, I was coming out with the thought of actually it's a good point. The conditions were awful. The the, the it, there was rain. The, you know, we were down to literally the bare bones, as you can mm-hmm. see from the graphic on there. Um, and I think in in the end, the pressure on us from West Ham. It mm-hmm. kind of 
it kind of showed. But I'm uh, eight days later, I am still of that opinion. It was a good point. You know, when you look at the team, you know, there's no Maria. You've only got one recognised centre-back in there in, in Diane Caldwell. Mm-hmm. Um, you're playing Katie Zellum as a makeshift centre-back. And I, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean I've, I've got to tell you, I thought she was amazing that night. I really did. I thought she was, I thought she was brilliant, Katie Zellum, and, and, and that. But the, the the pitch itself, the pitch was cutting up, the ball was sticking, but both teams had to struggle with it. And I've re-watched highlights of it. Mm-hmm. And like I has said, I am still of the opinion it, it it's a good point. We, should we have held on? Yeah, probably. But th- there was a lot of pressure coming from West Ham in the second half. And mm-hmm. it, I think it be just it, I think it just got a little bit too much, but it was a good point in the end. Yeah, a lot of things, Mark, were not just really not going in United's favor. Uh, yeah. you know, going into this, which is what we we kind of expected it when we spoke last week. We kind of expected that that, that it would be problematic potentially in regards to you know how many players were available. There's there's dare I say, you know, an injury crisis potentially here, uh, not having an, you know, having the full squad of players available, a lot of folks out. Um, and, and then you get, you know, and then you have this, I mean, you have another additional person not being available in Maria. Um, and then you have a lineup that ends up setting up the way it's seen on this, on this graphic. And this is courtesy of, uh, fbref.com great website for a lot of different things stats wise for football and so forth. But yeah, I mean, looking at the lineup, I mean, having to go to a four, three, three, you know, and you, and, you know, of course you have Mary and goal, but then you gotta, you know, you have a makeshift back line, no Alfie, no Maria, you know, no Millie Turner. And, you know, you have a, a makeshift back line. I mean, the only, the two real key people that have been there, you know, repeatedly, obviously that are regulars, Hannah Blondell and Ona on the, the flanks, on there on the wings but then a center back you know pairing and you know this is like what the fourth different pairing of center backs um you know with um claude caldwell sorry and and katie that's not her position um and so forth in the back line and then you know then you have a then that creates sort of a, a makeshift midfield but if there is a strength in united as far as personnel goes it would be in the midfield right we've talked about yeah. this before so this gives jackie grown an opportunity to start bow research an opportunity uh with ella Toon to start in the midfield so that's a strong midfield up top then you had martha thomas um elisa russo and leah galton on the left so you mean pretty solid midfield okay up top pretty much but a makeshift back line so we've talked about this before you know what i'm going to ask out of 11 starters how many did you get 10 okay that's that's a good result you won or lost or drew no we, we drew everyone everyone had maria starting Ah, okay. So you had Maria starting and so forth. Yeah. And so forth. And for the fans out there who don't know, what what reason was Maria not starting in this one? Uh, she was she tested positive for COVID. Okay, All right. And, I, and uh, just as a reminder, of that so yeah, and that affected that. affecting squads again. COVID's uh, still there, everyone. Yeah. Guess what? <laughs> I know Ukraine and everything took took COVID off the front pages, yeah. but it's still there. You know, they had to cancel a game yesterday. You know, yeah. you know, Chelsea Tottenham got canceled last night because of COVID on Tottenham. So, you know, you know, it's still out there, y'all. Um, you know, and it's gonna, you know, and we're just just waiting in the US as we're just painfully ignorant of another wave coming here. Um so well we've yeah. opened up we're we're back to normal now. It, it, doesn't, oh, yeah. exist. it doesn't exist here in the UK. We just it doesn't on. exist here either. So yeah. so yeah we're so um be prepared y'all there'll be more games that will be be dealt with um later on. But yeah 10 out of 11 um and so forth and you know it's like United didn't need another player any another player a starter to be yeah out of the you know out of the um off the table uh for them but sure enough it is but um so and the first half you know the first half of this match you know um you know was completely dominated by manchester united both you know on the pitch and and not but the the pitch conditions were terrible so that's another factor you know and the fact that it's their pitch so it gives them a gives them a bit of an advantage there 
but still it was a mess. The weather was an issue. Yeah. Like everything was an issue. Um, and were you actually physically there? Yeah. I was so, physically there. So how did it look to you? I mean, was it as bad as it looked on TV? It was actually probably looked a bit worse on oh, TV wow. than, than it actually was. I mean, we left, okay. um, we left Manchester at 11 o'clock uh, on the Wednesday morning. Um, and we got to, um, I think we just got to about Birmingham and then it was constant rain the whole time. Um, and the only time it stopped and, you know, the only time it stopped is when we parked the car at the stadium and we walked to the pub. In those five, ten minutes when we were walking from the car to the pub, no rain. And then as we were leaving the pub to go back to the ground, it just started again and, and it was constantly in. I mean, there was a photograph that I think one of our members took and put it uh, on the Supporters Club uh, Twitter account of the corner flag. The corner flag was just being pushed into the ground by the wind. It was, the wind was swirling around. It was, it was, it was terrible conditions, but both teams had to kind of use it and play with it. And, you know, you had to, the goalkeepers were kicking it into the wind and, and it, it was, but it was a factor for both teams. Definitely. Sure. Sure. How do you feel like United started this match, you know, in the first half? The way they have done the last few games on the front mm-hmm. foot, aggressive, um, straight into it, um, and yeah, no, I, the, the start was the start was good, and I think we pushed West Ham back quite a bit. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm like, you know, I've mentioned the last couple of weeks. I've liked what, when I've seen this. I've liked the aggression coming from the team. I think it's all stems from the City game at the Academy, where mm-hmm. we completely push them back and knock them off their game plan. So, yeah, I, I was more than happy with the start. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, the, the good news is, though, in terms of where the, you know, at least in the first half and for the game in general, is the fact that, you know, given having a makeshift, you know, back four, you really want to, if possible, to be on the front foot to be able to possess the ball, keep the ball, and have the ball way over on the other side of the pitch to deal with, uh, rather than having your back line being challenged when it's a bit, you know, a bit cumbersome. Yeah, look, when we heard the team news that Maria was out, and obviously we knew uh, Aoife was out, we knew, obviously, knew Millie was out, and we didn't, you know, and we, we were looking at the team and we were going, are we going to play with a back three? You know, is is it going to be Hannah, Diane, and Honor, or mm-hmm. and work and then play with a five in the midfield? But when we saw Katie, and you know, there's a lot of people out there who don't like Katie, who don't think she's good enough. Well, yes, I'm a United fan. Yes, you and I we joke that I wear probably the the, the darkest red tinted glasses in the world. Mm-hmm. If you could watch a player cam of that game, just of Katie Zellum you would change your opinion within within at the end of that game of her. She was immense that day. And um, she made Diane Caldwell look like a non-centre-back, whereas Katie was the centre-back that, that's been there all season, if you understand what I mean. Mm-hmm. So the, the, team, the team was set up in a way to, to um, beat West Ham. However, the, the you know... We're down to the bare bones and stuff happens. But the the way we start now under Mark, he's he's telling them just get out of them, just go for it. And mm-hmm. I'm loving that. Yeah, and and I'm sure there's a, a large number of fans that 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 do because I mean you know I mean that's it's entertaining football. It is it is fun to watch. Uh, and you everyone, I pretty much most people that I know love to see their team on the front foot from the start and to really be the be the aggressors and be the ones that uh, you know push forward. And there are some managers, and it seems like Mark Skinner is one of them who basically his philosophy is to push forward when possible uh, and as much as possible you know, from the very start. Um, and, you know, regardless of who the personnel is, it, it's like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to put the best 11 I can put out there, which is what he had to do in this match is this is the best 11 he could come up with, with the numbers that he had. Uh, I think changing the formation to a back three would have been an, an 
an error, uh, yeah. in my opinion. It would have been an error um, to put Caldwell by herself in a center back, middle center position, and with um, you know with uh, Blundell and Ona, you know, you know, on the wings there, or be with uh, be on the right or left of her. I think that would have been. I, I think from a from a flow perspective, that would have been very di- very difficult. And so, in order to remain fluid, I think Mark made the right choice of keeping it at a back four. Yeah. Um, you know, and you know, Katie again. I mean, I, I I just don't. I mean, I again, I said this before. I'm say it again. I just don't get the 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 Katie Zellum. And it's an agenda, I you know, and but I've never understood the agenda. And she came through big time, yeah. yeah. At, you know, as a center back, that's not her position. She's not comfortable in that position, but she looked comfortable. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> she looked comfortable yeah. in the position. The, um, but I just don't get the agenda against the, her yeah. that other fans have, you know, and I and. and um, it's very rare for me to see, and I'm looking at all of the teams that uh, that this podcast and video channel covers, and I really don't see the same level of agenda against one player on the side as I do with this side. And maybe yeah. I, I, I see things and things in the press with United are a little bit more uh, frequent, uh, you know, but I just don't, and I don't understand it. If she were a poor player, uh, or inconsistent, made a whole bunch of errors, was not a good player at all, or was a horrible captain, then, okay, I could see. But that wouldn't, to me, be an agenda. You know, that would be like, yeah, they're calling out poor play. But I just don't, I've never understood it. I think there's a, there's, there's a lot of fans out there. And, and I'll say I'm, I, I understand where they're coming from, and, and I'm a, I, I kind mm-hmm. of want to see it as well. <clears throat> People see Katie... Is keeping Vilder out of the side. And I see that. I understand the logic. And yeah, I want to see Vilder play more. I do. Most United fans want to see Vilder play more. However, there's a reason why. And the only person who knows this reason is the manager himself. There's a reason why he picks Katie week in, week out, ahead of the likes of Vilder at the beginning of the season, at the likes of Hayley Ladd. There's a reason why. Now, I don't get to see, I, I, I've never seen them train. It's behind closed doors at Carrington, so you can't go and watch them train. But there's obviously a reason why. Now, yeah, I have, a, you know, everyone has favourites within the team, a favourite player. However, you to support the team, you've got to kind of look past your favourite player and look at the team as a whole. Mm-hmm. But there, right. there, are some, there are some people out there who can't look past... The, the player who's missing and then they can't see the team. So all of their energy goes on to, to having an agenda against said player. And when that said player does something well, they still won't admit that they're wrong. They'll say, well, it's it's a fluke or she got lucky or this, that and the other. But for the, for that small minority, and it is, a, you know, let, let's... Let's call it what it is. It's a small minority. It's not every United fan. There are a lot of people I know who are a massive Katie Zellum fan. It's a rather vocal yeah, minority, that's, though. Yeah. That's, the, that's the thing. They're the ones jumping on Twitter and getting clicks and things like that yeah, and with and, their agenda. And, and they're doing it, unfortunately, for the clicks. They're not doing it. You know, these some of these people will might never go to a game at Lee or an away game. The, you know, they'll watch it from on a telly or behind on a key, you know, and they'll go on Twitter and they'll say what they want to say. These but the match going fans, they 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 know the worth of Katie. They you know, we sing her song every single week. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, I every hear it. <laughs> you know, there's, there's, uh, the first season in the WSL, Patrice Everett was sat behind where we stand at LSV. Mm-hmm. And he, we, at halftime, he was having a chat with us, and he said that Katie Zellum, in his opinion, is the female version of Zinedine Zidane. Now, we all know how good Zidane that's, is. That's, that's crazy high praise. <laughs> yeah, and, we, and he wrote a song for us. Wow, wow. He okay. wrote a song for us, and he put in the words, better than Zidane. Oh, wow. And this wow. is Patrice Evra. Now, yeah. if people don't want to listen to me saying that, oh, how good I think 
you know, Katie's telling me, is, listen to Patrice Everett. He knows a lot more about football than, than I do because he's played the game. And if he says she's good, then I'm going to take Patrice Everett at his word and say, yeah, she's good. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so forth. And, and I'm just like kind of like going through, um, you know, some of the, you know, some of the numbers that she had on the defensive side um, and so forth. Um, you know, Katie had, you know, 13 clearances. Yeah. 13 clearances by mm-hmm. far leading the team uh, there had, you know, had uh, five interceptions plus tackles in, yeah. you know, in the match. Um Let's see. Looking at all right. Um, I think she's grown yeah. into the captain's role as well, Keith. I think that's also another important bit. She's yeah, grown, I she's agree grown with into that. it. She's yeah. now confident with her role, mm-hmm. and I think at the beginning of the beginning of her captainship, captainship. Well, yeah, captain. It captain, works. Captain, it, it works. <laughs> captaincy. We'll go with captaincy. At the beginning okay, of captaincy. I don't think she was comfortable with the role. I, I think it took her some time, and now she's finally grown into it. <clears throat> and she's got a manager who trusts her with the captaincy as mm-hmm. well. And I think that's an important part. I'm not saying for one minute Casey didn't trust her. I'm just saying I think with Casey it was slightly different under the way Mark manages. So I think Katie's kind of grown in in the role. She's also, you know, had a couple of, you know, she's had a birthday since and she's grown up older as well. So she's mm-hmm. maturing into it as well. That's the only things I can really say. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I, I totally agree. I mean, she is, you know, and I mean, this has been a year, this has been a season and that's the thing about, you know, the thing about, you know, I think sometimes fans in general, I think a number of fans and maybe it's a minority of fans have a little bit of a, of a degree, a higher degree of impatience, uh, with things, but understandably you think about this, you know, you have a new manager who, as we've spoken about this before, I mean, ends up coming through the door with literally hours before playing scrimmage preseason matches. Uh, You have, you know, and then that process of trying to get to know everyone, figure out what the best starting 11 is, figure out your relationship with the captain of the team, again, making that relationship happen, building chemistry, building rapport, uh, then having to compete in matches and trying to figure all this out and so forth. That's a lot, you know, and to me, you know, a manager, unless they completely destroy everything, you know, has should have almost a free pass, no transfer window to deal with, uh, you know, as far as the summer goes, which is the key one. Um, And, and, and you've, we've seen through the season, you know, at this point in the season, the exact opposite of what we were talking about last year at this time. Last year at this time, we were talking about a team completely falling apart. Yeah. This year, we're talking about a team that has come together and is getting used to each other, familiar with each other, acknowledging, trying to have, and they have a good professional relationship from what it appears uh, from all angles that they have. And so that's a whole different feel. And so we're, the rewards are being reaped now. Unfortunately, right now for United is that there is a, I, I now will call it, they have a, a injury crisis. Uh, there are too many people out in the wrong positions for them to be out. Losing Maria, you know, uh, in this match, you know, luckily Zellum steps forward and does extremely well under the circumstances um, and, and so forth. But you saw this played out in the second half. <clears throat> yeah. You saw, the, 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 I mean, the t- to me, the, the team got, I mean, the, they were able to get that goal. Elatune scores, uh, you know, deflected overhead kick, you know, lovely goal, I think, um, and so forth. That's an Elatune goal. You put that up, you posterize it, you do everything you want to with yeah. it. That's a highlight real goal. I mean, yeah. totally. Um, and um, and so United goes up 1-0. But if you look at the shot chart after that, it's, it's all, all West Ham. Yeah. So from your vantage point there, what did you see? Because it wasn't another, I mean, we're into stoppage time when the Mestian goal comes in. So what did you see from your perspective after the Elatoon goal, putting the United up on goal? Um, once we scored, you know, West Ham, then it kind of clicked West Ham into gear. West Ham got the ball. They were keeping the ball more. 
the the pitch was I think they were more used to playing on that pitch. I know that sounds like an excuse, but um so be it. Um and then they started to put pressure on and and you know when you've got you know a, a, a makeshift back four with with what we had we had a, a very small subs bench as well we couldn't make the impact changes that mark would usually do so the pressure was mounting and it was mounting but for all it was mounting and for as much as i kind of saw it coming when it was when you know when the referee when the sorry the fourth official put the board up you know i was still thinking well maybe we're going to hang on to this one now maybe just maybe we're going to hang on to it and then it you know it, it they, they scored was it a deserving goal? Look, for the amount of pressure they put on, you're going to have to say probably it was a deserving goal to come out with a point. Um, and I think, you know, the, the 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 team was on its knees. I think they were, they, they, they all looked shattered. Um, and they held on for as long as they could. And it, those kind of things happen in football and you mm-hmm. kind of, you kind of get used to it. You kind of see it in a way. And I go back to the very beginning. A week later, I still see it as a good point because that game could have gone. We could have lost that game 2-1 quite easily. However, the one good part of of that game, the one thing that I, I keep coming back to is even after West Ham scored within the last couple of minutes of injury time, United were pressurising their goalkeeper again. We've got you know, I think it was three corners on the bounce. Mm-hmm. And we were putting yep. them under pressure. And usually some teams the, the heads would just drop, but the, the they just kept going and and you mentioned it when you were speaking before. They they were fighting as one team. They were going as one. There was none of this individualistic stuff that mm-hmm. we that we had, might have seen before. They were all went together. And I think if we would have had more off, the, we could have had some more players off the bench. Mm-hmm. Game might have turned out differently, but hindsight's a wonderful thing. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, there was only five people if you include a goalkeeper on the bench. So you had four outfield players available. Yeah, you know, on the bench, you know, Martha Harris, Jade Moore, who did go in, Fuso yeah. did go in, and Kirsty Hansen who goes in. I mean. I mean, it's a short bench, uh, yeah. you know, and, and we've seen that over and overall with other teams this season where, you know, they, they only would have four or five, sometimes even three players, including a goalkeeper available on the bench to, yeah. to, to put out on, out there. And so it's no wonder that you get, you know, you have limited substitutions. Um, you know, it's no wonder. I mean, you, he didn't have enough substitute enough people on the bench to do all five subs, no. <laughs> you know, like other teams get, you know, were able to do, um, you know, and so, you know, Jade Moore comes in for uh, Boarisa in the 68th, you know, Fuso goes in for Russo in the 74th. Um, I thought that was, you know, was a solid call uh, and then put in uh, Kirsty Hansen to give a spark plug at the end, yeah. uh, which almost worked out. Yeah, another day it might have um with the you know with that but um it was a it was a hard night it was a hard pitch to deal with it was a hard situation and so forth and so one point you know and and, and the thing of it is give credit to West Ham though too yeah absolutely give credit to them they're a solid mid table side um i mean they're a solid mid mid table side they're games yeah. that, that they that they really are very resolute they, you know, I, I think overall, Ollie Harder, who's the manager of the squad, you know, has done a fairly decent job of being able to utilize the talent that is available to available, um, you know, and you're going to get a match. Most of the time, you're going to get a tough match out of West Ham, particularly on their home pitch. Um, so, you know, credit to them as well. And, you know, um, the XG was, you know, was really poor on both sides, you know, but there were opportunities, but not the greatest. But I mean, 1.0 for West Ham and 0.7 for United, but that's inconsequential. But what that shows is, is you know, the chances were hard to come by on both sides, you know, um, uh, of the pitch. Um, both sides were pretty equal as far as possession. Both sides were pretty equal on shots on target. Um, you know, passing accuracy, I think due to the conditions was poor. 
Um, it was yeah. like less than 70% for both sides, but that's football. Both teams had to deal with it um, and so forth. You know, um, you know, it's, it, it's sometimes easy when the, the top three team loses to a, to a mid table or lower table side and um, you know, to say, Oh, well, it's the, you know, it's the big three, three or four side that, that lost, but I'm not sure I completely look at it this way in this particular match. I mean, you've got to give credit to West Ham. Um, you know, they played well. Um, United did the best they could under the circumstances of what they were dealing with. And at one point they were in the lead. It's just hard to lose or, or lose three points in when you're fighting for third and at the end of the match. Yeah. In stoppage time. That's that's yeah. the hard one. Absolutely. It, it, you know, I understand it was it was a killer blow. The the team they did everything they could. Um, yeah, you've got to give credit to West Ham because they kept going as well. Um, and when you look at the table now, it, you know, after, you know, it is an interesting table to look at. You know, West Ham, United, and City are now level on points. We're only above them because of goal difference. We've scored more goals than they have, and I mean, that's a positive for, for me right now. And then you look at. Tottenham in in fifth and West Ham, you know, West Ham are only I think four points off them. So yeah. the, the mid table is, is is exciting, and this is kind of what we wanted. You know, I'm not looking at, at Chelsea, I'm not looking at Arsenal, I'm looking at, at City, who are now on our heels now. And you know, last night's game was the game where you could, you know, where, where we were looking at what's going to happen in in the league. Um, right. It's going to be an exciting finish, but we've said, been saying that for for quite a while. The news coming out that Chelsea can now sell tickets to away fans is great news for us. It means that we can be there yep. uh, for the mm-hmm. final game of the season, and we just hope the season finishes the way it kind of started. Um, so you know, you look at you, you look at the table. You know, Tottenham have got a game in hand on us, um, and the only team that we we kind of got to play. Above us is, is Chelsea. Everyone else is, is mm-hmm. below us. We've got a massive game this Sunday at Old Trafford against Everton. But you look where Everton, you look at Everton's form. They've lost right. the last two. We've still got to play Aston Villa. They've lost the last three. Yeah, we've got to play um, West Ham at home. And you know these are the, these are the games. You know we've got Brighton at LSV after the game on Sunday. You look at the and you're looking at the form. And you're looking at, at, at who's in form, and obviously, you've got City who are well in form. This is a it's going to be an exciting, an exciting finish to the season. I'm 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 happy. I'm you know I'm glad the season for the first time people can see the season on Sky and BBC. They can see actually right. football. Mm-hmm. It's actually quite. It's going to be quite exciting in the end, and it's it's tightly packed in 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 the mid table. You know you got. Um, well, Brighton on 22, and then you've got Tottenham on 28. I mean, it's so tight in there. It's it's mm-hmm. it's going to be an exciting finish. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, you have, I mean, you have a top two race, a championship race between essentially two sides, and then you have a, a very clear, you know, race for the top three. Um, you know, with City, Tottenham, and United all all packed in together. Um, you know, as they are. Um, and so every game is important and that's very exciting for fans. It's like every game, it has something is meaning to it. Every, uh, game has some, something to, uh, has some addition to this and, and adds to, uh, adds to the drama involved. So let's move on really quickly, uh, for the sake of time here, United plays next on the list Sunday at home, yes. Everton. Yeah. I'm Everton. When we say home, when we say home, we mean the real. <laughs> yeah, I, I slipped that one in there, like at home. No, home. So Everton has been. Let, let's talk about Everton really quickly because I don't think that's really the storyline. This Everton just happens to be the team that's showing up at Old Trafford to face yeah. United Women. You not and ever the thing with Everton, the scary thing about Everton is this: is that Everton is has been incredibly disappointing. <laughs> Uh, they have been an incredibly disappointing side. The club has been incredibly disappointing. That that club is turning into an absolute, complete dumpster fire. Uh, you know, on all levels. And unfortunately, for all of Everton's signings, 
I don't know what number coach they're on today. Uh, I don't know who's running the team. I have no idea, but it's a mess. Um, they just got battered against City, um, you know, but almost most all teams are getting battered by City these days. But it's just it's just poor. Um, do, what do you expect out of Everton? Does Everton concern you because of the the, the forum about being at Old Trafford? Uh, this is important because this is the women playing for the first time at Old Trafford with a crowd. Yeah. And it's going to be a bumper crowd, as they say, right? Um, I mean, yeah. what do you think about this? What do you When you see this and where um, it's going to be played and, and so forth, how do you see this playing out? So do, do Everton concern me? Yeah, of course they do. Because they're going to want to put on a performance as well. They're going to want to show people that they're not right. as bad as everyone say they are. However, all that being said, if we don't batter them, I'll be disappointed. And I truly mean that. If we don't score at least four against them, I'll be mm-hmm. uh, very, very upset. Um, Old Trafford's going to play its part. The crowd's definitely going to play its part. There's co- people coming. In, you know, we've got Deborah and I, we've got friends coming over from Norway for the game. We've got friends coming over from Israel. There's friends coming over from America. There's people coming over from all around the world for this game because it's at Old Trafford. It's a footballing mecca. It's one of those stadiums from around the world where you just want to play. Um, so I'm generally excited about the game, I think. But I do think Everton have to play their part in it as well. Um, but like I said, uh, most teams seem to be scoring easily against Everton. We've beaten them twice this season already away in the league and away in the Conti Cup. So, you know, I'd like to be them another time, make it three, but I want, um, I want to put on, a, I want the team to kind of put on a show at Old Trafford for, for the people who have never been before. You're on mute. Let me unmute myself here. So going through this, um, we have, uh, I'm just kind of putting up on the board here. I mean, these are the, you know, these are your, your starter, your top players on, on Everton's side. Um, the leading goal scorer, you know, and at Everguard, has got four goals, one assist. Um, there's no one else that has more than two goals. Except yeah. That's it. Uh, as far as, you know, um, you know, there's really not a whole lot to be excited about as far as them from an offensive perspective. Um, they really are, you know, they really are struggling big time um, going through things, um, going forward, looking at their defense a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. They really, really struggle overall. Um, let's see. Yeah. I mean, limited number of tackles, one limited number of tackles, tackles period i mean they just struggle on all fronts you know they have difficulty with that um their run of form you know they did pick up wins against aston villa and leicester city um but look at you know dropping four losses in a row with only scoring one goal they've lost their last two games courses with chelsea and city you know losing four nil three nil um and so forth but look at their xg they gave them zero zero point one you know, so they're, they're, it's bad on both all ends. They're, yeah. they're, they're not scoring consistently. Uh, I'm sorry, everyone scores against Leicester. Um, but, you know, but look, I mean, 0 0 one, 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 zero, zero, one, zero, uh, in the in the league. Um, you know, I don't know how they scored three against Leicester. I guess it's because it's against, against Leicester. Um, but, yeah, just, I mean, losing games without even scoring. Um do you, how excited is the team, do you think, in playing in Old Trafford in front of fans? I mean, I can't speak for the players. I can speak for myself and I can right. speak for, for what the club have done around the build up to this game. I am so excited to go to Old Trafford to watch the women's side. Obviously, we didn't get to see them play there last year because of COVID restrictions, but I am so excited. We, you know, the club. Has been in, con- you, know, you know, the supporters club, Deborah, Shane, have been in constant meetings with the club. The club have given us a, um, a section which is for our members. Obviously, mm-hmm. general public can get in as well, but we've filled it with with a lot of our members. So we've got our own section where the team know where we're going to be. We've put, we've told them 
via DMs in on Twitter and Instagram. The manager knows where we're going to be because he's 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 been very keen on it. Mm-hmm. So for, from my point of view, I can't wait. I can't wait to get in there because then it's just another box ticked on, on the teams that have played should be playing at United uh, on Old Trafford. The first team, obviously, you've had the under twenty threes play there. Mm-hmm. You've had the eighteens play there in the FA Youth Club, and now the women are playing there. It's now ticked out, and it, if you go on Instagram, if you go on Twitter, you can see the club out. They've, they've not left anything out. The front of Old Trafford is adorned with pictures of the mm-hmm. women's team. The billboards around the ground, all of the women's team for this game. The, the numbers of the crowd, you know, the last time I heard anything a couple of weeks ago, it was about 22,500, and that's a couple of weeks ago. I think it's probably sold more than that by now. So it's a bumper crowd. So when I, like I said before, we've got friends coming over from Norway, especially for this game. We've got friends coming over from around the world, you know, mm-hmm. to make a bit, you know, for this game. This, I don't think a lot of people realise how much this team means to people. I mean, I never, you know, I, I never realised how much it hit me, how much this team meant to me, until there's a, unless there's a clash, then I'm, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, do I do the first team? Do I do the where, where do I go? And it's a tough decision because. There's a lot of people that get a lot of enjoyment by going to Old Trafford on a day trip to watch the men's team. Mm-hmm. And then there's some people who don't know about the women, who don't want to know about the women's side because it's women's football. Mm-hmm. And actually, go and watch a game. If you still go to a game and you still don't like it, at least you've tried it. But don't talk about it and say it's this, that and the other unless you try it. And... The tickets are cheap. You know, it's six pounds to get into for an adult to get into Old Trafford on Sunday. Six pounds or three pounds for children. Go to a Starbucks or a Costa or a Dunkin' Donuts or anywhere else, and you try and buy something for six pound. Right, you'll, you'll be short. You, you'll be hard to do so. It's six pound. It's ninety minutes of football, and it's going to be an enjoyable ninety minutes. You know, I. I am really excited, and I probably think a lot of the players are excited as well. I just don't think – I think they have to keep laser laser focus. Yeah, exactly, right. And I think at the end of the game, they'll take it all in. They'll take it mm-hmm. in with the crowd and everything else. But I think for between now and Sunday, they'll be just targeting and focusing on how to beat Everton. Yeah, I mean, I think that, the, you know, this presents, you know, in a, any situation like this, I spoke about this in the Arsenal show uh, that I recorded earlier today, because, you know, Arsenal played their Champions League quarterfinal first leg at the Emirates. And, you know, um, and they're going to Germany for the second leg, and they are playing that Champions League match second leg against Wolfsburg at Wolfsburg's men's pitch as opposed to the built for purpose pitch they have for the women and Wolfsburg. And the, the challenge there is, is not to be, um, is to stay laser focused. And the challenge for Mark Skinner is to keep the le- the team uh, laser focused in terms of, we, we still have a job to do here. We can't yeah. be, you know, because this is a big, big spectacle that this is going to be, this already is. And I don't think anyone on, on United side ever dreamed, or maybe they did, I don't know, but you know, again, I can't speak for them, but, but some probably did dream of maybe one day they would be able to put on a United kit and go out there and play a match in front of people at Old Trafford of all places. You have players on the side who were in the Academy system, uh, you know, in the girls Academy program uh, prior to when this team came back into existence again, uh, who like, this has got to be like, wow (laughs) moment, you know? And I think there's going to be a wow moment of them looking and seeing people in the stands and be like, wow. But then they got to Mark, Mark, gotta, gonna, it's like, all right, ladies, you know, let's, and maybe that's not the right word, but all right, team, let's, okay. We're in the, we're on a pitch. This pitch is the same, is the same pitch. It's still grass. We got to put a ball in that. We got to win this because there's another thing at stake here, which is we got to keep pace and we got to hold serve. Yeah. And I think, you know, you you know, the girls that came through the RTC, the Katie's Allens, the the, the Bella Toons, the, the um, Millie Turner's, I mean, you've even got Izzy Christiansen, who was part of the regional training, 
who was the United, who was a new part of it. So from Everton's side, she used to be part of the United youth team set up and she's coming back. But then you've got the likes of Diane Carl- Caldwell, mm-hmm. who, who herself admits it's a dream come true to play for the club she supports. Yeah. Jackie Cronin, United fan. Vilda Barisa, United fan. These, t- you know, for them to walk around the pitch or go, you know, is one thing, but to play on it, I, I mean, it- it's a dream come true for a lot of these players, like you said. Um, and for mo- I think for the Everton players as well, you know, playing at Goodison Park, it's, it's, it's you know, it's mm-hmm. fine, but mm-hmm. playing at Old Trafford, it's one of the stadiums from around the world players want to play on. You know, you've got Wembley, mm-hmm. you've got the company, you've got the Bernabeu, mm-hmm. you've got the the study, um, the, the you know, um, the study, what I call it, the uh, uh, the Allianz Arena in Germany. You've got these great stadiums, the Maracanara in Brazil. You've got these great stadiums where players just want to play. Old Trafford is one of them. Mm-hmm. And these players are going to get the opportunity and they're mm-hmm. going to get the opportunity in front of a crowd. It's not going to be diluted like it was last year with fake noise being piped yeah. over, over right. speakers. We're going to be there. The game doesn't kick off till half past 12. We're all meeting at nine o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. on Sunday. We're getting there early. We're going to, we're doing exactly the same as we would do for a game at league. We're getting in early. The flags are being put up by the club. We've dropped mm-hmm. all the flags off with them yesterday. The flags are being put up today. It, we're, we're, we're going to do the same, so give them the same support, and they're going to give us the same joy as they always do. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the the thing that's crossing my mind right now is, uh, is uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the movie Hoosiers. There's a scene in that movie, you know, where the coach takes the basketball team on this big court that no one's ever played on before in front of people. And before the game starts and they're looking around wide-eyed like oh i've never played in a place this big with all these people and so forth and further in the scene the coach goes okay take this uh take this measuring tape i want you to measure from the floor to the top of the basket and they the player does and reports back to coach at such and such height and then you know they measure a couple other things and the coach says this, he said, you will find exactly the same measurement of the, of the basket back on our home court. So I just have this imagined moment of measuring the width of the goal or, you know, the yeah. height of the goal. It's the same width and height, the goal that yeah. you have at LSV. So, <laughs> so my, yeah. To my same goal you got to shoot into. Yeah. To my understanding, I think the team are training at Old Trafford. They're actually training on the pitch today or tomorrow. Yeah, they got to. Just to get them used, they got just to, to get them used to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I think it's the right so. thing because. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is definitely. You know, the, the, you know, coming out to an empty Old Trafford last year, then coming out to a, what could be a, you know, a 25, 20, you know, hopefully a thirty thousand crowd, is mm-hmm. slightly different. The noise. That they will hit when they come out will will be immense. It, it will be. Uh, I mean, it, it will be entirely immense, and nothing that they have really experienced um, previously for the for, for the majority of them, if all if not all of them. So, but you expect a, a clear cut United win? Yeah, without a doubt. <laughs> without, without a doubt. Without a doubt. I mean, you've, right. you've, you've seen, you've you, you know, you've gone through the the the, the stuff. Yeah, from it's, not, it's not good. It, it's not <laughs> good. It doesn't look good. <laughs> no, it doesn't look good. So I will be very disappointed if we don't win. I will right. be. I mean, you might need to give me a couple of days to calm down if we don't win before I come back on. Um, yeah. But if we do win, you know, we can do it Sunday night. I'll be fine. <laughs> okay. All right, cool. All right, so that I, on that note, that closes this shop for this uh, for United uh, review and so forth. So I hope for everyone's sake, for United fans, that they you know they they get a well deserved um, you know three points out of this one. Um, you know, and they just you know as I pointed out, they, they need you to hold serve. Uh, you know, with you know Tottenham with that game in hand and and City, you know, coming really fast um, behind them. So, um, you know, so it's a, it's a, you know, again, just like last year, a race to the wire. Uh, yeah. And it's, you know, one in the cliche fits. It's going to be one match, one game at a time. Yeah, so, but I've got the confidence this time. Last season, we were already on that right. down. Yeah, it was scary. Yeah, it last, was last year this time was like, oh, 
Yeah. I'm not sure they're going to happen, but here it's a different story. So we'll see. Uh, any uh, the last question I had about this match is, are we expecting any of the players that were out or not available to be available? Um, yeah, you know, I think Heidi Ladd and Heidi Ladd and, and Zena Brun should be back in the match day squad. I think Lucy, Lucy and Millie are training mm-hmm. back. I'm still not sure whether it's contact or not. We're not obviously now. The news is broken about Aoife being out now with an ACL. Um, yeah. That was which she actually was opt on three weeks ago. So she's now with her off crutches. I mean, I'm sure everyone's seen the the, yeah. the images on her Instagram story. Uh, but Haley and, and Zena, I think, will be back in the squad and Maria as well. I think she's she's now clear of COVID, okay. which is still a yeah. thing. Yeah, bringing at least two or three or and three of those players back yeah. is going to be pretty huge, um, you know, for, you know, for this match. So great. All right, everyone. So that concludes our Manchester United review for this week. We look forward to talking with Mark. Thank you so much, Mark, again, for coming no on as always and so forth. But we look forward to talking to you after Everton and hopefully you you will have. Wait a minute. I'm hoping you'll have all your hair, but never mind. All yeah. right. Oh. <laughs> have, you know. Um, and so forth. I mean, I don't know where my hair is going either. So, uh, but thank you everyone for watching. Thank you for listening. Smash that like, share with your friends, let your friends know uh, about this program and so forth. If you like what you see, like what you hear, you know, please let people know who have an interest um, in this. Uh, and we just going to keep going strong. So the, I'm having a marathon day. So after dark, <laughs> the after dark with with Kate to talk about Manchester City things are going quite well over there um and so forth so I'll be recording with her and that show will come out probably on uh probably tomorrow uh and then we start the whole thing up again so take care everybody out there please be safe out there covid still does exist by the way um so be mindful you know be mindful stay safe uh and I uh, will talk with you later